0: This summer we've been been talking about living in the light. And uh, last week we talked about uh, what it means. We talked about it from a big picture. What does it mean that we live in the light and not in the darkness? And we talked about five things that the New Testament says uh, it will require of us. Living in the light, um, which means to be saved, means to be in a relationship with God. It requires us first being honest about our sin. It requires us being honest about where we really are. Number two, it requires a change of life. Uh, It requires, it will cause a change in our life. We will no longer live like the darkness, but we will live like the light. Living in the light requires, number three, a choice each and every day. It's a choice whether we're going to choose to live in the light or to live in darkness. It requires, uh, number four, an eternal perspective. If our focus is just on what's right in front of us, we will choose this world every time. But if we have a perspective that God is big and strong and has worked a plan for us to have a salvation, um, then we can live in the light. And lastly, it requires community. It requires one another. What we said was we can't live in the light by ourselves. We can't do it alone. We need each other. Today, I want us to think about why. Why would God want us to live in the light? I don't know if you've ever thought about this question of why, uh, but I want us to think about that today. We've already seen how God from the very beginning was orchestrating this plan to bring people out of darkness and into light. He did it for Adam and Eve in the garden, right? They chose their own way and God rescued them out of darkness and started a plan to save them, right? We saw it for God's people in the Old Testament. In in Israel, they, they went into slavery, which is a picture of darkness, and God rescued them out of darkness and brought them into the light. And he did it in the New Testament in Jesus for us. right, that he sent Jesus to die on the cross to take our darkness so that we could live in the light. right, we've seen this over and over. But the question I want to think about today is why? Why would God want to save you and me? Why? Why does God want to save you? I don't know if you've ever thought about that question. Why? Why would God want to save you? Why would God want you to be in the light? Why would God want to bring you into the light? And so I want us to look at today, what does the Bible have to say about that? Why God rescued us from darkness and brought us into light? I want us to look at, what does the Bible have to say? And I don't know what your answer would be. If I polled right now, I can guess uh, what the first top answer would be. And that's what we're going to look at first. Number one, God brought us into the light because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. Number one, God brought us into the light. God saves us because he loves us, right? This would probably, if we polled right now, and I had to ask you, why did God save you? You would probably answer, go, mm, I guess because he loves us. That would probably be the number one answer. Look at Ephesians chapter one, verse four. He says this, he says that he, God, chose us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love He predestined. He chose us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. It says in love He chose us. He adopted us. He brought us out of darkness into light. It's love that motivates Him. Let's just preach John 3.16 again like we did last week. Look at it. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world... That he gave his only son, that he sacrificed his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is the easy answer. God brought us into the light. Why? Because he loves us. Because he wants a relationship with us. It it doesn't make it less true. It is true this morning. God loves us and he, he does want a relationship with us. The motivation that drove him to go the lengths that he did was love. And love drives us to do crazy things. Uh, I'm sure you all could tell stories. Uh, Love drove me to do some crazy things to try to marry Maddie. I was all in way before she ever was, right? And I did some crazy things to try to get her to love me. (laughs) And finally I convinced her. Uh, And thankfully, right, because I'm known as Maddie's husband now, not Byron. Uh, And I'm from here, right? But love drives us to do crazy things. Love drives us to sacrifice and and motivates us to go to extreme lengths for people. It, It makes us do irrational things that don't make any sense for us, right? Love motivates us to go above and beyond, and God's love is no different. It's even stronger and bigger, right? His love motivated him and drove him to go rescue us out of the darkness and bring us into the light, right? That's number one answer. Number two God brought us into the light. We're asking this question, why would God bring us into the light? Why would God save us? Here's another reason. God brought us into the light so that he gets more glory and praise. God brought us and God saved us. God rescued us. He didn't just do it for our sake. He did it so that we would praise and glorify him. Now, this one is way more abstract for us. This one is way more difficult to maybe wrap your head around this morning, but it is prominent in scripture that God is working this plan. He, is, he sent his son Jesus to die and save many so that he would be praised, so that he would be glorified. There's a lot of scripture we could look at, but look at Isaiah 43, verse 25. Isaiah 43 says, "I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. We see this a lot in the Old Testament. I'm saving you not just for you, but I'm saving you for me. I'm saving you for my glory, for my praise. Or look back at Ephesians chapter 1 where we just were. Verse 4 through 6. He says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us, he chose us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Here it is. According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. He's saying, we were saved, we were adopted, we were rescued according to his will, for his plan, for his glory, for his praise. It's not just about us. Or 2 Timothy 1.9, here's what he says. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, Verse 9, here it is. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Now, this one is way more abstract, but it is no less biblically true that God saves us for his glory. God saves us for his praise so that he gets more glory and so that he gets more praise. God has a will that is not centered on you. And that may be the best thing you could hear today, that the world doesn't revolve around you. If the world revolves around me, we are in trouble. If the world revolves around us, we are in trouble. We need somebody who is in control and has a plan and a purpose and a will. And God is that. The universe and God's plan revolves around him and his plan and his glory and his majesty. And this is going to teach us something really clear. And here it is on the screen. Living in the light is not just about you. Yes, it's about salvation. Yes, it's about a relationship with God. But living the light is about God's glory and it's about being a light to others. Really, God saves us to use us. Yes, He saves us and He rescues us, but then He puts us on mission. He saves us for His glory and for us to be a light to others. One of the ways we do that is is the answer number three. Number three, that God brought us into the light to do the good works that He created us for. God brought us into the light to do the good works that He created us for. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. He says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What it says here is that we were saved. We were brought into the light by grace. It, it was unmerited favor. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't, we didn't prove ourselves. And God was like, yeah, they're on my team, right? He says, we were saved by grace through faith. He rescued us out of darkness and brought us into the light by his grace. It wasn't about us. It wasn't about what we did. It was solely a gift that God gave us so that he would get the glory, not us. But he goes on and he says in verse 10, he says that it's not by works, but verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. We are his his masterpiece we are his special creation we are his uh i think of woodworkers when i hear this word workmanship right we are his special creation that he has crafted for a very specific purpose and the purpose he says that we were created for was to do the good works which he prepared beforehand now these works don't save us our good works are filthy rags is what the old testament says But these good works are things that God has saved us for and given us to do, right? And that is one of the ways that we live in the light. You and I, the good works that we do, whatever they are, are about living in the light and are about living out the image of God that we were created in. Now, if you're a Bible scholar uh, or if you've just been around a little bit, um, in the beginning, what we hear is that God created us in his image, uh, we hear this image of God, Imago Dei, that we were created in the image of God. And, and we that's kind of abstract, not really easy. But what it means is that we were meant to be pictures. We were meant to be images of God on this earth. Uh, we were meant to be like statues. Now think about it like this. Uh, let's imagine our great state of Texas. And let's just, for an instance, imagine that someone came in and took us over. Uh, and I know there's way too many guns for that but let's just imagine it this hypothetical scenario and let's say this dictator's name was joe and joe comes in and joe's army of about a billion guns comes and takes over texas right and the first thing joe does once joe is owning the republic of joe what does he do he sets up statues of himself he puts up statues of joe all over the place right when, when the United States has taken over dictatorships, what do we do? We tear down the statues, right? And these statues are images of the king, right? And so what the first thing a dictator does is put his image up everywhere so everybody knows this is Joe's Republic or this is Joe's land, right? And God is no different, right? The first thing that he did when he created us and he put humanity in the garden, he created us in his image, He put us as image bearers, as statues, as pictures of who? Not of us. Image of who? God. He put us here to show this is mine. This is me. And so when he put Adam and Eve as the image of God in Eden, he was saying, this is mine. I am the king. And when he recreates us in the image of God, when he, when he, we are his workmanship created to look like Jesus, when he says that, what he's saying is, I'm putting you and you're taking over enemy territory. I'm setting up you in that place. Because why? Because I own that. I run that. That's what it means for us. So when we do good works, we're not out there promoting Huntington First Baptist. What are we doing? We're doing it in the image of God, in the image of Christ. And we're pointing people to who? To Jesus. So that when they see us doing good works, what they're seeing is God. That's what we were created for. To live out this image of God in this world. That's number three. That's what God created us for. That's why he saved us. That's why he brought us into the light. To do the good works. To point, to be his image in this world. And then the fourth answer why would God save us? And this is the one I want to spend a little time on. The fourth answer, God brought us into the light so we could be light to others who are in darkness. God brought us into the light so we could be light to others who are in darkness. This is maybe the other ones I ha- you know, are true. And this is the one I think that, that, that is more abundant in Scripture than some of the others, that God saves us to use us. He 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 rescues us and he changes our image so that we would be the image of God where in the darkness. So that we would be the light where in the darkness. I want to look at five examples real quick. Look at First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. He says, but you, he's talking to Christians, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There's a whole bunch of words in here, and we don't have time to look at all of them. But he's describing the benefits, what we have in in having a relationship with God. He says that we are chosen, we are royal, we are a priesthood, we're a holy nation, a people for his own possession. We were not a people, but now we are God's people. We we were not uh, having received mercy, but now we have received mercy. All these amazing things. And right in the middle of that passage in verse 9, He gives the purpose for that, why we're brought into light. He says, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's it. We were brought into the light to be the light. We were brought into the light to be the light. God saves us to use us. He doesn't just give us this new identity, you're chosen, you're saved, you're redeemed. Awesome, now, you know, get in a building and hang out every week. No, he says, you are called to proclaim the excellencies. It's not just about us. It's not just about working on ourselves or becoming the best us now, right? What he's saying is, I saved you to use you. We were transferred from darkness to light in order to be light in the darkness. Jesus says it in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 14. Uh, And the only way we're the light of the world, Jesus has already said that he is the light of the world. And the only way we are the light of the world is if we are in Christ, if we are in Jesus. And so what is our purpose? He gives two examples. He says, a city that's built on a hill is not trying to be hidden, right? You don't build a city on a hill so that no one knows where it is. You build it there to show everyone how great it is. He says, and you don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, right? We, We don't get this because we have electricity but you get it during the freeze right right if you didn't have electricity for a week right or we just you know whatever but you don't light a lamp and put it in the corner you don't light a candle and stick it in the back bedroom right no you put it in the middle of the room why so that it'll give off light right he says it makes, it makes no sense to build a city on a hill and then try to hide it, or to light a lamp and then try to hide it. That's not its purpose. And so what he's saying for us is that we are in the light. Why? To be the light. To shed the light in the darkness, right? People, we have good news. The message that we proclaim, and I know the world twists it and says that it's hate and says that it's, you know, anti-people and, and all these things, Right? But the message that we have, that Jesus died on a cross to save us from ourselves, is good news. Because people have searched for it in all kinds of places and they haven't found it. And what we proclaim is good news. We have the best news. It would be a shame to light that candle and stick it back behind the organ, right? To stick it in a corner, to cover it up, to never speak about it. We have good news, we have the best news, and shame on us if we keep that to ourselves. Shame on us if we think that we are in the light, if we are not being the light in the darkness. If we don't proclaim that good news that we proclaim or we claim to have. We are meant to be a light in the darkness of Huntington, Texas. That is who we are meant to be as a church. We are meant to be the light. Think about Paul's testimony. Paul's testimony, Acts 26, he says this. He recounts how he was saved. And and hearing him recount it, you can hear God's purpose on his life. Starting in verse 13 of Acts 26, he says at midday, he's recounting this to a king who's about to probably put him in prison and never see the light of day. But he's telling him his story, the good news of of what God has done for him. He says, at midday, O king, I saw... On the way, he's going to, Dam- to Damascus, right? A light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand up on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. Here it is, to appoint you In me, Paul was literally persecuting Christians. He's literally a Jewish terrorist, trying to kill as many Christians as he possibly can. And God intervenes in his life and saves him, shows him the truth, and actually in a big light, right? And he recounts his story. And so intertwined in his story is this idea that he was not just brought into the light for himself; he was brought into the light to be light to others right you see it so clearly he says God appeared to me and he appointed me as a witness to to the Gentiles he, so that they may open their eyes and turn from darkness to light God saved him to use him God knew what he was doing and God saved you to use you God knows all the places that you and I interact with darkness and they're all different God knows all the places, all the people, all the the connections that you and I have. Family and work and friends and all sorts of people that don't know Christ, have no hope in this world. God saved you to use you there. God brought you into the light so that you would be a light in those dark places. This was true in the Old Testament. Look at Isaiah 42. In darkness. This this Isaiah 42 is one of the clearest prophetic passages uh, that are out there about Jesus and what he's coming to do as Savior. And after he talks about that, he comes to the people that he is going to save. And he says about them that they will be, in verse uh, 6, that they will be a light for the nations. He's not... Now think about this. This is Old Testament. And the Jews are they, I don't, racist is not the right word, ethnocentric, they're only concerned about Jews. Everyone else is bad. Everyone else is outside of God's will. Everyone else is not, not good. And what he says here is, I am saving you to be a light for the nations, right? He's saving them for a purpose not just the Jews. He's not saving them for, the, for them. He's not saving them for the insiders. He's saving them for the outsiders, for those that are in darkness, for those that are not a part of the club, those that have no influence, those that are not, you know, privileged or elect or any of that. He says, I am saving you to be a light to the nations. That means everyone of every color, of every nation, of every creed, that God's love extends to all of us, regardless of our skin color, or our national ethnicity, or any of that. This has been God's purpose from all of time, that he would bring people from all the peoples of the earth so that he would get more glory and praise. That's, that's why we send people to West Africa. That's why we, we pay what we pay and go through the trouble and the hardship. Because if, if, if we don't go, who will? That place is dark. There are no Christians there is no hope. That's why we go. We go to be light in the darkness. It'd be easy to keep it for ourselves. It'd be easy to just choose to meet every week and just hang out in this room and have great music and smile and say hello and all that stuff. But if we do that, we've missed the point God's made us for. We are meant to be light in Huntington, Texas, and in West Africa, and in all the places that you and I go where there is darkness. God brought us into light so that we would be the light. Let's look at one more example in Acts 13. In Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas are preaching in this place called Antioch. It's not a... a, uh, There's no Christians at this point, but they're preaching in this place. They're missionaries, and so they gather at a synagogue a Jewish uh, Church, and they they're there on Sabbath and they begin reading and preaching from the Old Testament about who Jesus is and what he has done And they're telling about God's saving work what he did in the Old Testament, and then they point it to Jesus They're telling the Jews about Jesus and what he what he means and the good news that that he died on the cross for them and they're blown away, these people. They, they can't even fathom how great this is, that the Messiah has come. There's a way for them to have a relationship with God. And so it says that they just, they couldn't get enough, and so they begged, they begged them to come back and hear. So they, they come back the next, son, the next Sabbath. And it says almost the whole town gathered to hear them. They, they wanted to hear what God had to say, and so we're going to pick up in verse 45. It says, but when the Jews saw the crowds... They were filled with jealousy, and they began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. But Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, the outsiders, those not part of the religious club. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, Here it is, I have made you a light. For the Gentiles, for the nations, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. There's two groups of people there. There's the Jewish leaders who are mad. They, they are so jealous and so frustrated that people are, are being drawn away to this Jesus character. And then there's people there that are the outsiders that are hearing this, that they can, they can have a relationship with God. And there's two very different reactions that day. There's jealousy on one side and there's joy on the other. All right, that's true for all of us. There is great cost for Paul and Barnabas to do what they did that day. In some places, they incited a mob and they got run out of town or they got beat within an inch of their life. But this day, many heard and many believed, right? Why? Because they were rescued out of darkness and brought into the light. This is what we were called to do. This is what we were created to do from the very beginning, this is God's plan in the Old Testament. This is God's plan in the New Testament. And this is God's plan today, that you and I were saved so that we could help others see the light. We are called to be the light in the darkness. Living in the light is not about us. We are not the center of God's universe. No, He is. And so we should, we should jump into what He's doing. And what He's doing is He wants to use us to be light in darkness. How do we do that? Two ways. Two ways. How are we supposed to be light for others? Number one, sharing the gospel. And number two, living out our faith in public so that God gets the glory. Number one, sharing the gospel. We get so complacent, lazy, lax, content. We get so distracted from what we're meant to do. God says that he has created us to be a light and we get so focused on ourselves and on what you know, working on ourselves and, you know, this. I, uh, we get so distracted by so many things. And I, and I hope today is, is nothing short of just a reminder for us that God saved you to use you. God brought you out of darkness into light to, so that you would be the light in dark places. And we all interact in those places. We all have friends and family and coworkers and, and people we meet randomly that are in darkness and have no hope. We are meant to be light. We have the good news, we must tell it. We have the good news, we must share it. We have hope, we have the answer. We gotta give it away. It's not just for us. We have to point people to Jesus by sharing the good news, the gospel. And number two, we're, we're to live out our faith in public as images of God, as images of Christ, so that people see God, right? The good works that we do, whether whether it's food pantry or, or whether it's whatever, helping someone or being generous or whatever that good work is, should be about God getting the glory, not about us, right? And then we should open our mouths and talk about the excellencies of Him who has saved us. We have to open our mouths. We have the good news. We have to share it. Shame on us if we don't. God saved us to use us. God brought us into the light to be the light. Let me pray for us. God, we just confess that we are prone to get lazy and prone to get complacent and prone to just let the world revolve around us, God. And I pray that this morning as we see it in your word, God, that we would see that that it doesn't revolve around us. God, we would see that you saved us for a purpose. And you knew it from long ago. And and you put us in specific places and jobs and families and in circles of friends and in positions and for a purpose. You placed us there as images of Jesus to be the light in dark places, to give people hope, to give people good news. God, may we not keep that to ourselves. May we not cover that up. May we not hide that. May we be bold in our faith, God. God, I pray that we would be the light in the darkness. God, we love you. Thank you for that good news that you have saved us despite our works, despite how how many times we have rejected you. God, may we be bold to share that with the world, God. We love you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen.